Father, you are the reason we gathered here today. Move in all your splendor and grace us with thy power. Even in this place, in the name of Jesus. I just sense in my spirit that we keep this solemn atmosphere for just a few minutes. You are on your throne. And you are God. If you can rattle in the spirit, just speak in tongues like that.
in this place let the spirit of God be in control of the articulation of my lips speak through me O oh God as one will flash out light for thine word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet Lord I believe Lord I believe All things are possible Lord I believe Lord I believe Lord I believe All
there are these issues this very issue with your eyes and if you're watching me and you make those spectacles you can tap into this very grace that is being released right now I see parcels of healings and as this meeting goes on people will be healed masses will disappear dysfunctions of organs will be set in order and so Lord we submit everybody under your power even by proof of the translocations of the spirit of God being transmitted everywhere we are being watched let thine power be experienced individually let thine glory be all around in the name of the Lord Jesus you are watching me you are in a house and this house has your family as well and the spirit of the Lord is ministering to me there are certain family issues in that very house that you're watching me from and as of today it is being settled and as I saw this case being settled I see um, something like legal issues that has to do with court matters and it is also being resolved right now experience total liberty in every aspect of your life in the name of the Lord Jesus let's get into the word of God before it becomes a healing and whatever meeting it's it's the custom that for whatever reason that we are online we get into the word of God and today I'll be sharing with you something amazing. If you're watching me, you can just type something amazing. Something amazing. Something amazing. Most of the time when I'm here with such presence and such atmospheres, it becomes very difficult that I misbehave. Like it's, it's, it's like, you know, there is a grace that you feel or that you sense that um, initiates the misbehavior if you do not understand the misbehavior I mean where you are giddy giddy and aggressive and all that but there is also a time where you are hit with such presence that it mellows you yeah and uh, you know in such instances I just love to minister to people I just love to minister to people. So if you're watching me, just um, type something. Let me know that you're watching us. And um, peradventure, it might be your turn tonight. It might just be your turn tonight. Okay. So Ephesians chapter 4. Um, our concept today, tonight, is um, oneness, oneness, oneness. And my uncle scripture is from Ephesians 4, the 1 to the verse 8. So as the custom is, 
I'm reading from um, the King James Version, unless otherwise stated. So I'll quickly read through the scripture. Then I attempt taking it uh, one after the other. I intend being very brief. Super, super brief. But, you know, the word can be so sweet. It can taste like honey in your mouth. And you don't want to stop talking it. You just want to savor it. If you've ever been in a house where meat is not an often thing, you know, when you finally get some meat, you eat your food and you leave the meat and then you finish it last year, you understand? And when you are finally chewing that wole or something, you take your time. Sometimes you, 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 it's like you are, you are ruminant. You chew it, then you bring it back. You chew it, then you bring it back. Especially if the soup or the stew is still around it and it's still succulent and all that. So sometimes that's what happens when I say we'll be brief and I'm no longer brief. <laughs> oh, thank God for grace. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 4. I really don't feel like teaching. Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Verse 3 says that endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The unity over there does not talk of um, this, um, this membered coming together, okay, coming together of things that are not unified, okay. So it speaks of oneness. So it is the oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4 says that there is one body, this is where the main message is, there is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all in you all verse 7 says that but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ what is the gift of Christ that is food for thought wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men hallelujah Amen. So, for three weeks now, today is the third week, we've been handling the maturity differentiate. And so, in handling the differentiation of a believer until the place he is matured, there are processes. We are not actually going process by process, but we are going as per the leadings of the Spirit of God. And, uh, it has pleased the Lord that we talk about the oneness of the spirit which might probably necessitate the oneness of the faith. Hallelujah. So it 
it is possible that we may handle that next week because once we are talking about the oneness of the spirit we must of necessity talk of the oneness of the faith but not necessarily talk of the oneness of the house of God is something else hallelujah amen 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 so we've realized that as a believer journeys from the day of his inception and reception into the beloved and his acceptance into the beloved the journey is a whole journey that differentiates him as he gets to the place of maturity and what that means is that as he journeys on yonder he gets to realize that there are specifics that one must pay attention to that one must not be entangled in everything as much as one must gain mastery over all things there are assignments in reference to the body of Christ and so we've dealt with that in the chapter 1 um, the part 1 um, and we've also dealt that part 1 was just an intro and um, the part two, we dealt with the understanding of the times and seasons, which allows the operation of power in a believer. Now, today we are dealing with the oneness of the spirit, and this is a very crucial step. I am one of the people that believe that it is one of the things that a believer must know. In the first year of his being a believer, he must know this in order to understand that is why there are a lot of people that are showing forth gifts they are showing forth um, um, anointings but when it comes to matters like this you realize that they have really not gone through the process to end that but it is just the operation of gifts and grace and that is when we have Reuben whose eyes is stained with wine but his teeth is filled with milk one who has not drunk wine but is expressing wine he speaks of people that have not grown but are exercising one gift or the other they, they they've been grazed with the prophetic they've been grazed with 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 a ministry and you get close to them and you realize that uh, it really doesn't meet up when they pick up the microphone and they begin to prophesy you are like oof what manner of man is this but you get into their understanding of spirituals and you realize that no there is something lacking somewhere and today we are privileged to be going through one of the things that is very very important and prime to our growth let's see if we can do this within 15 minutes hallelujah hallelujah amen so from the verse one paul says that i therefore the prisoner of the lord the misbehavior is coming once more i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you therefore he said i am a prisoner of the lord why is it important that he tells us that he is a prisoner of the law? What he is saying is that I am about to beseech you to do something. But in order to be able to do that, you must be a prisoner of the Lord. You must be one that is a captive. 
captive of the law. Not subjected to any other system and any other ruling, but you are subjected under the ruling of the domain of Christ. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the law, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. In other words, it is very possible for a man to walk on the earth and they are not working walking worthy of the vocation wherewith they are called. There is a man's vocation and there is a man's avocation. A man's vocation is what God has called him to do. Your calling is your assignment. It is your job description. Any other thing you find yourself doing on this earth that was not per the assignment of God is an avocation. It is you may even call it a hobby. I am a health personnel. As much as it is the will of God that I am found in this place, it is not my vocation. I have a vocation in the office of an apostle. But my avocation, things that are not the intricate matters, the definite parameters of what God will have me do, in other words, I can be in my avocation and any other thing that I'm unable to do doesn't affect me. But if I'm entangled in any other thing which is not my avocation, I am not working worthy of my, my vocation. And that is when we have the issues of welcome thou faithful servants. And one will be like, Lord, I heal the sick in your name. And he will say, get thee behind me. I do not know you. That word know is recognized. In other words, your works are not recognized. You were not doing what was expected of you. Okay, so the question now is, is it possible to be doing ministry and yet you are not working worthy of your vocation? Yes. I have said several times that there is something called the iniquity of the ministry where you are caught up in unsolicited and uninstructed activities. You are doing this program today, this program tomorrow and it is not God who asked you to do it. And it has nothing to do with your assignment. You are an evangelist. And you are locked up on the seats, drumming, 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 all year, 365 days, 366 in a leap year, going, going. Ah, but Lord, I was drumming. And any time I drummed, the presence of God was mighty in the place. Young man, I do not recognize this particular action. But, you see, the beauty of the matter is that when you are entangled in your vocation, whatever you do is a plus. <laughs> I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you will come to a place where you know the specifics of the things that you've got to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May you not be entangled in anything that was not assigned unto you by God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He says that I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Rebecca Shambandeske Mahataya. Verse 2, he says that with all lowliness 
with, with all humility, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. The best connection between a man and another man is not necessity. It is not importance. It is not benefits. It is love. What must connect you to your brother must be love. It must not be because of a benefit that you enjoy. It must not be because of necessity. We are working in the same place so we've got to be communicating. It must be because of love. Love is the universal adhesive between each and every man on this earth. Whether you know the Lord or you don't know the Lord, love must be that which must connect you to another person. If not everything that you would do, you will always have ulterior motives. It is our message tonight. We've dealt with the transcendence of life and we talked about love. So let's just move on. He says that endeavoring to keep. This word endeavoring over here in, in the amplified version the verse 3 says that be eager and strive earnestly. King James says endeavoring to keep. What it means to make haste and to diligently eagerly make haste to keep. It, 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 it must be your priority. It, it must be that which will cause you to run. It, it must be something which will drive you. Say that endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And we know that Christ is our peace. So, in the bond of peace, we realize that Paul started by saying he was a prisoner of the law. This is not where our message is, so I don't want to spend time over here. But when we talk of the bond of peace, it is almost the same as being the prisoner of the Lord. You, you, you are captive to Christ. It's Christ and nothing else. All your mind is Christ. Christocentric. All your mind is Christ. Everything about you. By your side, behind you, everywhere, everything about you is Christ. Paul says that when I came to you, it was not my desire to make you know any other thing. Save Christ and him crucified. Now, first and foremost, when he was saying that, he was projecting to them the necessity of Christocentrism. But also, it was because they were babies. And they needed to grow in Christ. That is why he could not teach them any other thing which, which was deep. It was just Christ and him crucified. That was all. He could not go into the intricate matters of the things regarding Christ. Who Christ is. What is Christ. Which is Christ. Jesus said, our father which art in heaven. I promise that I'll do this within 15 minutes so you let me not bring other matters into it. He says that endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Then verse 4 he says that there is one body one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
One God and Father who is above all and rule all and you, you all. And you realize that these are in three tiers, three categories. And I'll take my time here. So, <laughs> oh, the King of Glory. Just speak in the language of the Spirit for a minute. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm just looking at my notes and I. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Plenty like that. I'm wondering if I can go through it. So, you know what? Let's put this aside. Let's flow. Spirit to spirit. May your spirit be open to understand. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He says that there is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Do you know in Isaiah chapter 11 there is a certain listings that was given concerning the spirit of God. I'll come there. I'll come there. You realize that he doesn't box up the spirit of God in one thing. But he mentions seven different things. And it is almost the same thing we are coming to do here. Mind you, he says that the oneness of the spirit. And in Isaiah 11, he told us the integrate parts of the spirit. But here we are told of the oneness of the spirit. And to explain why we must come to a place where we understand and comprehend the oneness of the spirit. He began disintegrating them and explaining them. Isaiah did not, you know, as much as he was a progressive prophet, could give a progressive prophecy. Yes, ahead of him. There were things that in his time and in his age, things would not allow him to comprehend certain truths. That is why no matter the, the, the Messianic prophecies that he gave, he was never able to mention the name Jesus. He was never able to mention certain things. But he gave prophetic words concerning the coming of the Messiah concerning how he will live on earth and concerning his exit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you let's go. Now, in, in the tabernacle, last week we understood that as the tabernacle is in three tiers, so a believer comes, washes, and enters the outer court. And those that have been made priests and kings can go yonder. They can go further. And do you know scripture said that 
through Christ we have been made kings and priests. So, the beginning of our life with Christ is in the second tier, the holy place. We are not outer court people. Those were Moses' time. We are not outer court people. We are inside and we are supposed to move to the holy of holies. And by the time we enter this place, as time will allow, because there is a stipulated time for the outer court experience, you realize that from a particular time to a certain time, I don't want to enter that, but to a certain time you realize as per the dimensions of the outer court, 1,500, as per the dimensions, you realize that it was a certain age and Jesus came. Because the scripture says that in due time, Christ died. Meanwhile, he died before the foundations of the earth. But time must roll out and manifestation must follow suit. So there is a time will be ushered into the place and the era of the holies of holies. Where Noah goes and releases the dove. Where the lampstand is not the light, but the glory of the Lord is the light. Where it is us and God. Oh, have you not read that there will come a time you will tabernacle with us? The scripture said, like what they've used to sing, there shall be no night there, for he shall be our light. And it is one of the reasons why in the holies of holies there is no light. It is the glory of God that shines. But today, we are talking about the holy place. Where the lampstand, the menorah is, now, the lampstand has seven hands. As we have the seven integrated parts of the Spirit of God, the seven spirits of God, which is even the, seven, the Spirit of God. And as we have the seven parts of the unity of Spirit, and Moses has looked onto the heavenly picture and molded the lampstand, the light of God was released, which was called the western light. And it was not just called the western light because the light came from the west, but it was called the western light because the, the, the tip of the candle is turned to the western part. And every other candle that is by the side, three by the side, three by the side, they are all turned towards the middle candle. And what is the middle candle? The middle candle is the fourth candle. But what is the middle candle? As much as the middle candle is the first candle, because it is the main stem. Let's enter the scripture. He says that. Now I'll rush now. I'll rush now. There are a lot of things I'll take out because my time is almost up. I don't intend going far. He says that there is one body, one spirit. Now, to make matters easy, in Isaiah 11, we we are told of the seven spirits of God but it's still one spirit. So this unity of the spirit is 
I'm looking for the right words that will make it easier so that I, ha- I don't have to explain again. The scripture says that we as many members are but one body and one bread. So it says that there is one body and there is a part of the spirit that connotes to this thing because it is the oneness of the spirit. So as much as we look at all these things, it speaks of the integrate, seven integrate parts of the spirit of God. And I'll take you through that before I finish. So there is one body, the body of Christ. We are all together. We are different members, but there is one body and it will take wisdom. Let me show you something. I drew a map. I wish I can show you. Very soon we must get a board. So that I can be as much graphical as possible. Unfortunately, you won't be able to see my map. So I'll try explaining the map to you. So, there is one body. And in Isaiah 11 when we are told of the seven spirits of God, the first integrated part that we are told of is wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, what it means is that it takes man wisdom to be able to fit in the body of Christ and to be able to correlate. And that is why I said it's one of the basic things a man must know in his journey to maturity. Because if that is not the case, you wake up at dawn and pray in the room. <laughs> this example here. You wake up at dawn and pray in the room whilst your brother is sleeping. Whilst your sister is sleeping. It is called one body. If I have to eat, I don't have to smell my whole body with the food. It is the duty of the mouth to eat. It is called one body. Unison. And it takes the integrated part of the spirit of God called the spirit of wisdom to operate likewise. You went for preaching. You realized that somebody was by the street has erected their sound system. And because yours is louder, you are like, oh, he won't be a bother because ours is louder. And you also pitch it close by. And like my beloved will say, there are souls that are perishing and you are concerned about one place takes wisdom 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 and ladies and gentlemen wisdom is not taught in the books of men it is not taught in the schools of men it is a reality that a man experiences it is not something you acquire over time as it said why is it that Paul talking about maturity and the first thing he talks about is the unity of the spirit and in listing the unity of the spirit the first thing he talks about is the one body ladies and gentlemen you must realize that you are part of a conference you are part of a group you are of a body and you are but one member and you must carry out your duties not affecting any other duty I hope that is clear 
Let's not go too far. He says that, and there is one spirit. And there is one spirit. This one, I won't go far. It's as simple as that. There is one spirit. No matter how you experience the spirit of God, we are connected to one same spirit of God. You know, now for the purposes of what we are handling, let me not say certain things that um, is ahead of this particular subject. So I will mention that. I was going to mention something about the spirit of God and the Holy Spirit and the spirit in man, the spirit of Christ. But it's for another day. But there is something called one spirit. And this one spirit is with the second spirit of God in Isaiah 11, which is understanding. 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 I'll have time where I'll talk about understanding is a whole topic on its own. I started learning understanding and I kept on moving from page to page to page. I have still not finished learning understanding. So we will handle understanding if God permits and we are allowed to handle that. So the spirit of understanding connotes with the one spirit in the unity of the spirit. There is one spirit in the listings of the unity of the spirit. But this one spirit, for there is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty given him understanding. What is the breath of God? It speaks of the spirit of God. It speaks of that one spirit. It is connected with understanding. And so a man's journey, number one, begins with wisdom. He must know how to correlate with one another in the body of Christ and how that he carries about his duties, which does not become a hindrance to another and how that understanding is prime and very important. We've talked about understanding a little bit last week. You understand why understanding is a whole thing altogether. Today, I just want to list, list it and relate it just a little bit to life so that we can flow with it. He says that even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. What is hope? I have explained hope last, last week, right? The scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, hope is not supposed to be deferred. Are you getting what I'm saying? The scripture says that Abraham hoped against hope. What was he hoping for? He had been promised a son. He has been told that there is something about to be given. So ladies and gentlemen, hope is a realistic connection to something that has been scheduled to be given to you. It is not a futuristic uh, comforting word that you give to yourself. Let's hope for the best. When you know that the best is not there. <laughs> hope is only usable. Since that one hope of your calling, it means is that there is a calling for each and every one of us. But this particular calling that is being spoken about is the collective calling of the body of Christ. 
and until one has come to a place where he understands and flows with the reality of the one body which flows with um, uh, wisdom and the one spirit which flows with understanding it will be very difficult for one to flow in the one hope of our calling and that is why it is correlated to the spirit of counsel in other words, it is the spirit of God. It is, it is, it is a reality in the spirit of God where, where you are guided, where you are led. One hope of your calling. You are, the calling is an invite. And this invite, when you answer this invite or when you heed to this invite or calling it is the spirit of God that works in you that is why the scripture says that for it is God who is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure and have you not read where it says that God is but spirit and that is the first three things so, you realize that in Isaiah 11, let me attempt to read it to you. Isaiah 11, the verse 2. He says that, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, I said that in this testament and in this era, our journey begins in the holy place and not in the outer court. So, when a man is so much concerned, I have seen, I have to ask for forgiveness. I have seen, I have to ask for forgiveness. You are still meddling with outer court things because it is in the outer court that we deal with sin matters. That is where we come with the washing of sin. So what do you do when you are in the holy place and you sin? Should I say it? Or should you give it to another time? Today my throat is drying very early. You remind yourself of the reality of the forgiveness. Let's handle this there another time. Where we will take our time and handle why is it that the scripture says that he that is born of God cannot sin, but John comes and he says that if you sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you. Ladies and gentlemen, the matters of sin is in three stages. The place where you can sin and the place where you cannot sin and the place where you don't know. But before you realize, you have done it. No. Have you even realized that what John said, now first and foremost, John said, my little children. So it's a matter to babies. But he said, my little children, then he comes down and he says that if you sin, he said if, he didn't say when. 
It's a condition if you sin. But ladies and gentlemen, comes a time in a man's life where the taste of sin cannot come in your mouth. Where was I? I don't want to go too deep. So, now I said that our journey begins in the holy place and in the holy place is where the priest begins their journey. And they begin their duties. And we know that we have been made kings and priests unto our God, right? So, our journey begins right there where the word of God is, where the bread of the faces are, where the candlestick is. So, we've handled the one body, one spirit, and um, one hope of our calling. Now, the first candle is the one body. And this candle, why? You see, as much as is the first candle, it's still connected to the same thing. There are nobles on it, but it's still connected to the same thing. It has its own candle, but it's still connected to the same thing. One body, one spirit is still is out, but still connected. And it takes its light from the western light. And I've explained the western light, that the western light is the middle light. And there is one hope, and this is the third one before the middle one. The one hope of our calling is also connected and very close to the Lord. Okay, so we have gone to the fourth one. One Lord. You, the Isaiah verse 11. Let me explain why I said it is a matter of priests. And because we are priests, we begin our journey in the holy place. Now, in Isaiah, verse, in Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 11, the verse 1, he starts talking about a reality which is also prophetic about these very particular times. He says that, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. This is also connected to the candlestick, the menorah. But I just want to prove something. See that? And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. There is a messianic prophecy as much as it is a priesthood prophecy. Because we realize that it is also there was a typology where Aaron's rod had to bad. Do you know that Adam in handling his priesthood duties had a rod in Eden. It's not for today. Let's start from where we all know. Moses had a rod and it mattered to his priesthood and his assignment. So what do you have in your hand? Do you know why Moses did not just did not know entirely all that the rod was supposed to be used for. Because it was a rod that was handed to him. When he went out of Egypt and started, he didn't cut just any rod. It was a rod that was handed to him. Anyway. So you've realized how this is connected to priesthood. And then the verse 2, he says that, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding. 
That is the first two parts. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. And the spirit of counsel. Speaking of one hope of our calling. Which is why a man, if he must answer the call of God, is not going to um, go about the duties of his calling with his own instincts. But as the spirit of God will lead and teach him. Oh, Jesus. I might talk plenty. Let's go. Let's move on. So, one Lord. And we'll come back to why one Lord is in the middle. Because one Lord was the first candle to be lit by God in himself. And that light was there. And all that the priest had to do was to pick a wick. You see, you know wick. Wick is in bobo. A lantern. There is this thread in it that takes um, the kerosene from beneath upward so that it can be lit. So the priest takes a wick and he picks the fire from the middle stem, the western light, which was lit by God, and he sends it to the other ones. And that is called the first works. Because the divine work was God lighting his light. But the first works of man in connection with God's divine alignment and divine um, um, calling to man was to pick the light and put it on other lights. As the scriptures not say that the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts by the spirit of the Lord. And I'll come there very soon. Because God is love. And so when we talk about one Lord, have you not read that he is light? The Bible says that, and this life was the light of men. And this particular light shines in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. Ladies and gentlemen, our Lord is light. And that is why it's connected in that particular place. It is God himself giving his son. God himself giving light, giving his son. And this light was on until AD 70 when the temple was vandalized. And up to now, they are trying to erect it. There's a temple there, but it's not that temple. Hallelujah. And there is one faith. So one Lord speaks about might. That is why Paul said, and the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. So, one Lord speaks about the spirit of might. The ability to do. And that is why Jesus said that these things shall you do because you believe me. He said, greater things shall you do because I go to my father. He is the... Scripture says that it is not by mind. It is not by power. The word of God unto Zerubbabel saying it is not by mind and not by power but by the spirit of the Lord. What does he mean? The essence of the Lord. So 
the reality of the Lord is connected to the spirit of mind. And, and man must come into this place where they understand that our light is from the Lord. Whatever we have, every power flowing through us, every current flowing through us is because of the Lordship of his son. And it is the first reality that he's a man. But any man that is accepted in the beloved, what I mean is a man that is born again, must first understand the reality of the one body, must understand the reality of the one spirit, must understand the reality of the one hope of the calling, and must come to a place where he understands the lordship of Christ. And the next thing is, he says, one faith. And one baptism is the second tier. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And faith is connected, according to Isaiah 11, is connected to the spirit of knowledge. That is why the scripture said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. In other words, faith cometh as a man comes to the knowledge of the word of God. What is faith? Hebrews says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Right? And so, faith must be a reality that a man can prove. Hope is that which tells us that there is something reserved for us. And so that is why Abraham hoped against hope. Because there was a son that was promised him. In other words, he was shown a son. That is why the scripture says that he was taken to see the story of the stars. And the story of the show. So that he would believe. But the proof of faith was that he was able to hope. This is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it is the proof of what you have hoped for. When you are able to lay hold on what you were hoping for, what God had told you that you would get and you are able to attain it, it is the proof of your faith. That is faith. Faith is not... I'm very, I'm very sure this thing is possible. That is no faith. It is no evidence. It defeats the purposes of those words chosen, the evidence and substance. What is substance? Has the scriptures not said in Colossians, speaking of the moons and the festivals and all that, and he says that all these things are but shadows, but the substances of Christ. What does he mean? Christ is the reality of all. And so until Christ came, we had not seen the substance of all these shadows. Yom Kippur, um, name, name the festivals. Sukkot, all those things. Purim and all that. See that the substance is of Christ. It was a hope. Because we had been promised a Messiah. And when that hope was not deferred and became a reality, it became faith. It became a substance. 
That is what scripture says. It says that he is the substance of all these things. So if faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, what it means is that what we have not seen but we know is a reality. When we are able to attain it, it means our faith is complete. That is why the gift of faith is with the, is, is with the working of power and manifestations. The gift of faith must make things happen. That is faith. Faith must make things happen. I, I just pray that I am communicating well enough. I just pray that I am communicating well enough. So let's quickly move to the last two. Then we, we just round it up. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6 says that there's one God. No, I've not talked about one baptism. Why is Paul saying there is one baptism? Have we not been told of the baptism of water? And have we not been told of the baptism of fire? Have we not been told of baptism in the spirit? There are a lot of baptisms. But why is he saying there is one baptism? Okay, fine. If he's saying there is one baptism, what is he talking about? What is baptism? Baptism is baptizo, to be submerged. And so Paul comes later, he says that you have not so learned Christ. In another time, he says that um, um, put on Christ. He said, my little children for whom I travel until Christ be formed in you. That is the first coming of Christ. His coming in the saints. His formation in us. And when he is fully formed, then there is the cup. I'm about entering into a different subject. Baptism. We are speaking of one's submergence into all that is Christ. That is why it is one of the bizarre things. So you realize that according to the amplified version of Isaiah 11, because in Isaiah 11, the verse 2, you realize that the seed spirit of God is intertwined. So he says that the spirit of knowledge, which has to do with faith, and of the fear of the Lord, but actually, it speaks of the reverential fear of God and then fear that leads a man into obedience. So first and foremost, fear that will make a man revere God. And the next one, so they are, that is why they are seven spirit. And the last one is fear that will cause a man to be obedient. So the reverential fear is what is linked with baptism. A man is so covered with the Lord. A man is so covered with everything Christ. That is reverential fear. If you are not covered with all that is Christ, 
I, I don't know how you revere God. I really don't know how you fear God. You must submerge yourself in everything Christ. Maybe sometime we will talk about the subject of Christ. What is Christ? Who is the Christ? Because there is a collective Christ which is a formation of the head of Christ and the body of Christ. Because Christ Jesus is the head of his body. But the church is the body of Christ. So a body and a head comes together to make one body, right? So that is the, co the corporate Christ. And there is the Christ Jesus. You know scripture does not even confuse Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus. But take your time. Look at where scripture says Christ Jesus. And look at where the scripture says Jesus Christ. It speaks of a particular experience of one in another. Expressed in another. What is the Christ? Anyway, we will talk about it some other time. And let's handle the last one. Which is, he says that one God and Father of all, who is above all, who is through all, and who is in you all. And because of time, I will not enter into this one. Take it as clear as that. There is one God who is above us all, who is through us all, and who is in us all. So when you have issues operating per wisdom, when it comes to the one body, and you are not able to tailor your activity so that it does not become a hindrance to another member of the body of Christ, realize that there is God above him as there is God above you. And there is God through him as there is God through you. And there is God in him as there is God in you. So that um, reverential fear and the fear that leads a man into obedience, place that before you. And you realize that walking in wisdom is so easy. Walking in wisdom is so easy. It has nothing to do with how schooled a man is in the schools of men. I have said that. If there is any schooling a man will need that will cause him to be wise, it is the schooling of the spirit. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you come to a place where walking in wisdom is no challenge to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's finish it up. Let's finish it up. He says that, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And this scripture is mostly interpreted as your grace is according to the gift in you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is true, but not true. What do I mean? Let me read it again. He says that, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There is a definitive word, the gift of Christ. For you to interpret this very well, what is the gift of Christ? 
What is the gift of Christ? First and foremost, the gift of Christ is the gift of God. What I mean by that is that Christ is a gift given to us. So the gift of Christ is also Christ as a gift to man. And your grace is per Christ as a gift to you. What does it mean? It means you have no limits in grace. However, there is a basic grace that is given to man. But scripture said, Paul said, no, Peter says that grace and peace be multiplied unto you according to the knowledge. So grace increases per knowledge. And not just any knowledge. The knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of Christ. What it means is that grace will continue to increase as per how you activate the gift of Christ inside of you through knowledge. That is one aspect of grace increasing per the gift of Christ. That is why we don't pray asking for more grace. We pray asking for more knowledge and grace will happen. Because all the grace you ever need is embedded inside of you. All you need to do is to come to a place of knowledge and the grace will be revealed. Keep learning and you realize that you may not need any laying on of hands. You realize that new things are happening. Laying on of hands are very important. They are very important. They have their part they play. What I'm saying is that for you to see the reality of what I'm saying, you keep learning. Keep subjecting yourself to the tutelage of the Spirit of God and you will realize that you begin to experience new things. You begin to experience new things. New things. All I knew beginning ministry was prayer. And as I prayed and gave myself to the word of God, I realized a lot of things coming forth. So I have tested it. Tested and proven. When a man is of knowledge, a man is of greater grace. It's also something we may talk about. <laughs> We may talk about grace. What is meant by great grace? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a teacher, wife, so that is why I love um, paying attention to every statement. Praise the Lord. Then he says that. So, the verse 7 has an answer in the verse 8. So, one understanding of the gift of Christ. Let's look at that. He says that. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And what is this measure of the gift of Christ? Verse 8, he says that wherefore, in other words, it is connecting the previous statement. He says that wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So that is another thing of the gifts of Christ. He gave gifts unto men. And these gifts that he gave unto men were gifts as supernatural abilities to men and were gifts as men to men. And that is where it will necessitate that next week we look at the oneness of the faith. Because that is where we will start talking about these gifts. 
says that wherefore he said when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive captivity captive the first captivity talks about to make captive and the second captive captive rather is rather captivity <laughs> so he took the power to be to to make people captives into captivity and by so doing he was able as um, amplified version will say let me read amplified version for you to look at something he says that he led a train of vanquished foes and he bestowed gifts unto men so he leading captive captivity captive was not just about releasing men because in those times when a man dies, a man ended up in Abraham's bosom. And if you are thinking about where Abraham's bosom, let me give you an idea. Abraham's bosom was in such place that the rich man that was in hell was able to see Abraham's bosom and tell Lazarus to dip his finger in water. And drop it on his tongue. Now, is it possible to see food for thought? Where was Abraham's bosom? If someone in hell was able to see someone in Abraham's bosom, where was Abraham's bosom? And where was hell? And when he led captivity captive, who were those? that he led captive. In other words, who were those that he took away? And who were those that he bounded right there? Food for thought. But you want to lift up your hands in prayer. You want to lift up your hands in prayer right where you're watching us. And you want to pray that you be granted understanding in the matters of maturity. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Shada bahasike velehesto. Vrem pesketali zezazos kivaya bakushte. Vemeshto zare keshte banda la bahasaya. Berante shako valabahasigre keshte kalabahadas. Vemanshonde bezabaha kavandi lehesto kolobohosa. Rapandi la bahashanda palabalabaha. That you walk in wisdom. That you as a member of the body of Christ. Who understand the reality of the one body. Walking in wisdom. And not being a hindrance to another member of the body of Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on now. Mandele mehezabash. Kobolobo zamama libe shada bada bada ba. Repandi la bahandosha. Regegegegege debe shondo bohose. Pratele bele bele be. Rapalaba shanda pa. Rebege shanda palabalaba. Rapali be shondo bohose. Venge la bahasa. Alamba diginosta va belaga dego shada baba ba. Rapandi libe shanda baba baba ba. Kolobogobo she pandi malabahasa. Vevele geshondo lobo hose manabahas. Radadadadadabaha. Rebedebedebe shadabadabadabaha. Rapakapa. Rebeshanda badosa. 
you want to lift up another prayer you are praying in the name of the Lord Jesus that may you not caught up outside the reality of the oneness of the spirit may you not be entangled in anything that is not your vocation may you not be found outside the reality of the hope of our calling universally as a church may you not be found in any place outside the realities we have experienced tonight and we have explained may your ascension in the things of Christ be on him in the name of the Lord Jesus there is a redeemer jesus of God, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, the one. There is a redeemer. Jesus, Son of God, of God, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, thank you, oh, my Father, forgive the your son, ah, 
and leave your spirit tell your work on earth is done you see apostolic spring is all about preparing the people getting the people ready getting the people racing according to the times that what is to be done they are able to run along they are, that they are able to go about their divine duties so the necessity of one maturing and its importance to one's contribution to the current times has allowed us to be handling these subjects and I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you'll be more equipped as we may likely handle next week that you, be, you may be more equipped to run because men that will make impact must be men that are different you must not be a man that will be running along having no understanding having no firm footing and having no firm understanding. Thank you, oh, my Father. We're still working with the Spirit of God. Forgiving us, your Son, and leaving your Spirit Red tail, your work on earth is done. There is a redeemer, Jesus, Son of God. Precious Lamb of God, Messiah. Oh, thank you, oh, my Father, for giving and leaving your spirit tell your work on earth is done there is a certain crown that I see moving just moving in the skies like that I saw the same thing last night concerning a young man and I'm seeing the same thing again and what the spirit of the Lord is ministering to my spirit even right now is that certain graces are falling on people I see three men certain graces are falling on people 
and they will begin to run. They will find themselves operating as they never have. And with your hand on your chest and your forehead, I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus that so as it is seen is established. In the name of the Lord Jesus and the spirit of the Lord ministering to my spirit that there is a watcher or there is a hearer and what the spirit of God is saying is that you are yearning for something that you are seeing in me for me tonight you know usually when I'm calm like this I feel I I could have done better that's just me that's just me but I don't know what you have seen tonight I don't know what the spirit of the Lord is igniting inside of you. But says the spirit of the Lord, you are watching me and there is this desire that has started inside of you. There's something you have seen and you, your heart is praying that you'll be able to do it. That says the spirit of the Lord it is coming to you. I was just told so that I will say it and as I say it, I release it. Lord, I align and I release it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Shande moko varakske kiko varakstesh. Impalaka tenemi ho shavandes elahasa. You are watching me. You have this problem with your leg. It's as though you cannot really walk well on it. I don't know what is wrong with it. But as I'm looking at it, I see a little bit of swelling. It's like a mass. It's like a swelling. It is being resolved right now. Rabakande la bahasovas, ikatende bohusavas, panon teleme kevahasanas. You are watching me. You have this issue with BP. BP. Oh Jesus! If you have a BP monitoring device, you can check it right now. You realize that your BP has dropped. Pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever ailment, whatever desire that is on the hearts of your people, Almighty Father, O Thou gracious Father, release it 